Round one, fight. Heroes never die. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite store on the Citadel. <laughs> I used to be an adventurer like you. Then I took an arrow in the knee. Power, sex, sex, power. They both come down to one thing. Hungry Gamers. Hello, 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 and welcome, boys and girls, to the 190th episode of the Hungry Gamers podcast. We are powered by 8bit.net and those sexy, sexy legends over at audiotechnica.com.au. But more on them later. I'm your extremely humble host, Brendan White. You can find me just about everywhere at Brendan 8-Bit. And joining me today, my island best friend. You can find her at Miss Allie Hart. Obviously, it is Miss Allie Hart. And joining us today to fill out the trifecta, very special guest, coming all the way from the Button Mash podcast. You can find him at Hangs with Rog or at Button Mash Pod. We're talking Roger Brasse. How you going, mate? Welcome to the show. He <laughs> went with Brasse. I love it. I, I know. love it. I'm so good, man. So happy to be here. Thank you guys for having me. Mate, it's uh, taken some doing. We've had some scheduling conflicts and family and kids and all that kind of stuff. You know, who who wants kids and dogs, mate? They just get in the way. They cause dramas. They, you know, impact podcast recording schedules. But we're here now. And uh, yeah, Roger, Roger Brass, Roger Brass, Roger Brass A. I was feeling feeling sort of a bit of spice on there. So I sort of went off script and went Brass A. But yeah, man, welcome. Good to have you here. You are one half of the Button Mash pod. Obviously, with, uh, with uh, your other ride or die, Chris Hansen. I've uh, been doing this since August of 2018, getting close to 100 episodes. You want to give us the the elevator pitch on uh, who Button Mash are, what you do, uh, where we can find you? Yeah, for sure, for sure. So, yes, as Brent mentioned, uh, it's all, it's been almost a couple of years now. It's crazy. It's just one of those things where it's two best friends talking shit to each other on a Friday night, and then we thought, hey, maybe our conversations are actually interesting to other people as well. Why don't we test it out? And uh, yeah, we, we've always wanted to do some sort of content creation and uh, that's how Button Mash was born. So it's just two best friends talking video games for a couple of hours and uh, it's grown to, uh, you know, Twitch streaming and uh, having guests over and hanging out with some people, which is uh, which has been a lot of fun. So yeah, that's what it is. You can find it pretty much anywhere now, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, all that good stuff. Um, and yeah, as I mentioned, I, I play some games on, on Twitch about three times a week now as well. So, uh, twitch.tv forward slash button mash pod as well, but all the handles are button mash pod one word pretty much. Yeah. Would you say the main sort of hub that you'd want to direct people to would just be the website, buttonmashpod.com? Cause that's got, I guess, all the, the distribution of the episodes, the social links, the, the streaming and everything it's else. Got everything. Definitely. Definitely. So that's www.buttonmashpod.com. Beautiful. Beautiful. Now you guys... Similar story, I guess, to how we are. Like, it's it's just just good mates getting together, talking nonsense about video games, then laying it into an audio form and sending it out to the masses. So, uh, you got some good energy. You, you danced that infotainment line really well, where you got a lot of good banter, got a lot of good laughs, some some pretty spicy hot takes here and there. Um, you know, Chris uh, especially is quite blunt with some of his uh, <laughs> his opinions on things at times. So he's 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 uh, yeah, probably the, the yin to the yang in in that situation with you boys. Buttonmashpod.com is the centralized hub to find you guys on. Um, but yeah, it has been a pleasure to get you on here. We're going to have some fun. We've got a lot of news, some reviews and opinion pieces, I guess we can cover off on as far as some of the stuff we've been playing. So I guess as you are the guest of the show, uh, I want to know what you've been up to because there's a game on here that you've been playing that neither Ali nor myself have touched yet, which has come out to much critical acclaim. 
lot of hype. We got it here early. We're talking Final Fantasy VII Remake on the PlayStation 4. So before we get into it, are you a, are you a Final Fantasy purist? Are you one of the sort of core fans or are you a bit late to the party as well? A bit late, a bit late. So the, the first one that I completed was Final Fantasy XV, which only came out, what, like two or three years ago. Mate, exactly the I've, same. I'm exactly yeah, the so same. Yes, I've played a lot of know. them in the past, but I never I never played through the entire game until Final Fantasy XV. Nice. Yeah. So um, how, how far in are you? Have you finished? Are you partway? Because I think it's about 60 hours from what I'm seeing on the internet. Yeah, I think if you've just uh, power through the main quests, it's supposed to take about 35 to 40 hours. I'm about 10 hours in at the moment and loving the crap out of it. <laughs> nice, nice. So so you think it's justifying the, the hype and the positive press that's doing the rounds? I guess it depends what you're into. Um, I, I, I'd like to think if you if you were into Final, Final Fantasy XV, then you'd be into this one. It's still a lot of, you know, like weird comments, weird, weird dialogue that probably gets lost in translation as well and i hope you know what i'm talking about i'm not gonna describe it too much but it's like weird cheesy dialogue between japanese people mm. and uh, <laughs> but it's it's similar stuff the combat is is very similar it's sort of semi real time uh it's not your turn-based rpg like it used to be so if which, you're which into that i i like that they've sort of changed the mm. changed that sort of methodology up with it because yeah obviously OG Final Fantasy VII was turn turn based, going through the yep. menu structures. Are you healing? Are you attacking? What are you doing? Where now you do have to sort of have a little bit more of a, a sort of on the fly process, which is kind of cool uh, as far as that real time strategy they've employed into it. So um, yeah, I haven't picked up a copy yet. I got full intentions of getting into it, but there's just too many games out. I know oh, we yeah. say this all the time, but this this time of the year is absolutely bonkers and. Um, it's probably not giving Final Fantasy VII Remake the respect it deserves, me saying that, because it is a game that's been on everybody's radar since it was dropped, what, five years ago, I think, that initial teaser might have been on at E3 way back when. Really? Um, and then obviously this is just the, the first chapter of, of however many it's going to be. So, yeah, it's it's on the list, mm. but... um. I don't know. What about you, Miss Hardy? Are you, you going to get amongst and amongst Seven Remake? No, nah, not for you? No, nah, it's not my cup of tea. I just like, based on how long you guys have said it is, and like, I have no patience for that. I've seen um, a lot of people play the demo, and I don't know how I feel about the change of the combat, because now it looks very um like Kingdom Hearts. Like, mm -hmm. it's kind of, they took a note from that. But overall, like, I've, I think I've only played Final Fantasy Eight and Ten which are an interesting combo, I think. Um, so, no, I will probably not be buy, um, buying this or playing it anytime soon. Yeah, so um, it's getting good reviews. Obviously, Metacritic is currently sitting at 87, so uh, very positive press. Obviously, it's got the 12-month the timed exclusive on the PlayStation 4, so they've got it for uh, until 2021, or maybe maybe COVID's going to delay it getting onto the Xbox <laughs> and, and the other platforms that will inevitably uh, land on as well, but... Yeah, it's it's good to see. It's good to see that uh, Square stuck the landing at least, because I was very skeptical if it was going to be any good. Like, um, yeah, fifteen was very underdone to me. Uh, there was holes in that storyline that you had to watch the episodic video or whatever they made off the back of it to get some clarity on the story. Like, you're just meeting people you have no idea that. about that get written in or written out and killed me. I killed was me. All into that. I was like, yes, I went to the movies and watched the. The, the feature film, I watched all the 
the uh the anime episodes on youtube i was into it man yeah you got the full <laughs> 15 experience i did <laughs> i so did not yeah. even ashamed of it <laughs> yeah the, the weird thing is like the, my most memorable sort of activities in that game is like the cooking and stuff like just the the random things and the fishing the stuff that has nothing to do with mainline games i'm just all about like same as animal crossing like fishing is just this zen sort of moment for me and and i'm all about it so um yeah still dabbling with the elder scrolls online sadly you're not on a on a platform that i can play with you on because i've got it on pc and xbox one and I was all about Elder Scrolls Online when it first dropped. I got to veteran rank six on Xbox. So I had Jesus. hours upon hours upon hours of this game. But sadly, I just got to live through you now on the PlayStation 4. Well, I've just bought it on Steam, actually, because it's oh. it was like 20 bucks for the collector's edition. So here I come, baby. Nice. Here I nice. come. What are, what sort of, what's the character combination you're rolling? What's, what's your race and your class? Uh, so I haven't started on PC yet, but I'm going to go for a Necromancer. Oh, nice. Yeah. Bring, bring them undead skellies around and, and wreak havoc. Yeah. Just cause I haven't, it's not something I've tried before. Obviously I don't, I don't want to have the same characters I have on PS4 cause that would be boring. So mm. I'm going to try the, the Necro. Give yeah. It a crack. yeah. I've got a Nightblade that I'm rolling around with on the PC at the moment. And then I've got a Dragon Knight on the Xbox that sort of just was like a DPS tank hybrid from back in the day. <laughs> rocking around in her wedding dress, just kicking ass. So, uh, in her wedding yeah. dress? Yeah, you can have all kinds of random <laughs> costumes and things you can you can rock in. So you, you fight all these monsters and yeah, she's in a wedding dress and a little crown. So uh, yeah, okay. nice juxtaposition as to what's going on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. Yeah, so um, Animal Crossing, we've all been playing it. Are you, Rog, are you, are you a, a bit of a purist? Have you played much of the franchise before? Or are you a first timer like me? Or what's what's your story with Animal Crossing? So my story of Animal Crossing is I've bought a copy of I think it was New Leaf, the one on 3DS. Mm-hmm. I've bought it, but I gifted it to Chris for his birthday. Oh, so this is also man. my first Animal Crossing. Mm. And how you finding it? No. <laughs> I love it, yeah. dude. I love it. Oh my god! I did not expect it to love it as much as I do. It's, it's so good. Something special, isn't it? It really is. Apart from those bloody eggs. Oh, oh my God. Can't the wait Easter until they're gone. The Easter event at the moment or the egg Same. event or the bunny day or whatever they're, yeah. they're calling it on there kills me. <laughs> I, I get excited when I see the, the sort of present balloon silhouette on the ground and then I look up and <laughs> well, they release, bunny they, they release that update and I have seen a significant decrease in eggs. But it's like, really? yeah, I have. Yeah. How many hours are you in? I don't know. How do you check? You just go to your profile and it'll show. So just go to your, your think it was, Switch landing page profile and it'll show X amount of hours or more. <clears throat> yeah, right. I think because I hadn't played enough, it wasn't showing me. I'll play okay. more now. I'm not yeah. sure. I would say about maybe 30. It's a slippery slope because, um, yeah, 30, <laughs> 30 is good. Like you say that to most people out of game, like, oh, my goodness. Like I think I'm, I'm, I'm pretty tame. 90 to 100 now. And uh, Miss yeah. Hart, how many, how many hours you got so far? <laughs> sounds so bad after me saying I don't want to play Final <laughs> Fantasy because it sounds long. <laughs> I'm 170 hours into Animal What? <laughs> Holy moly. And that was only the other day and I've played a heap since. Yeah, you are That's an impressive. But I, I got to say, I've, I've been to your island a few times and you can see that you're putting the work in. Like, it is gorgeous. There is... 
flowers and trees everywhere, paths like laid out with following these flowers and trees. Everything's well thought out. Like yeah. that's one thing that um, <clears throat> we've talked about offline a few times and no doubt a lot of first timers have encountered the similar issues that I have where you haven't really, like you don't really think outside of how the island's going to look in the end game. You just sort of go, oh yeah, I'll chuck that house there, chuck this there. And then when you get more power and more tools at the end, you go, fuck, I need to move this again. So that's 50,000 to move that to there. That's 50,000 to move that. Now I need a bridge. Now I need an incline. And it gets so daunting and so stressful. It kills me. It really kills me. I've only just today um, spent the money to move my house finally. So like I'm actually a little bit sad because I'm moving myself away from all the villages and I've got this like semi-attachment now being a part of the hood and now I'm moving away. So... (laughs) devastated <laughs> so when you move your house mm. do you get to move what's surrounding it no it's just it's just like your house like you know how they set up the little you know the the rope and the fence kind of bit where you're always like yeah, yeah it, that's all it is so i've oh, had to like dig up my flowers and pick up a few <laughs> oh, no. lamps and stuff so yeah oh no it's it's tough like i spent not even exaggerating probably two maybe three hours last night alone moving a fountain. And um, I, I had the full-size T-Rex skeleton in my house, like in one room, it was like a feature piece. And it went wall to wall and it took up half the room. So I'm like, all right, I've got to think about this more smartly. So I've now grabbed all that statue and put it right in the center of town the second you walk in through the bridge and lining all that up. And then I like I dug like a little river trench around it and everything. So it's on this, its own little island mm. as you come in and just lining all that up as well as all the custom flooring I put in before that. It took me probably yeah, two to three hours to complete last night and I was nearly in tears by the end of it because like getting all the symmetry from like going straight right through and then you wanted it centered as far as your eye, eye line then I had to move the tailor and then I had to move this other thing. So I've got it done now, but oh my God, there's there's moments in this game where you need to put it down because it can be so overwhelming. Look, custom um, floor like pathways that you can get via QR codes, it's daunting, but it's so rewarding once you nail it. Like I think that like having a custom pathway that you can just scan online through a QR code can just like up your town's look massively. So... I recommend it. It's tedious, oh, but yeah. it's rewarding. Yeah, I've I've got a gripe because um, oh. yeah, I'm I'm in the end game now. I've, I've had uh, Mr. Slider come and play his gig and everything like that. Now he's just rocking out every week, and I've got access to the the island designer yeah. options now, so I can build I can build cliffs or I can build you know elevation. I can build rivers, mm. and I can obviously then do custom paths. The fact that with customization you're limited to the slots um, of like fifty, I think. Or 50 or 42, whatever it is, you've got maximum customization squares of, of, of around that number. And I tried to put in a big custom basketball <laughs> design, like a little basketball stadium at the back of my house. Yeah. And if I went with this full design, which I wanted, which I fell in love with immediately, so I guess it's on me, it would have taken up all my other customization slots. And so what that means is all the custom pathing I put in, if that oh, tile gets yeah. replaced with a basketball square, it then becomes basketball square floor tile everywhere. So I can't do it. And it upsets me that I can't buy more slots from, even if he's, you know, even if it's 6,000 nook miles or whatever, I'd pay the money to double that space so I could get more customization going on my island. 
to be, it really shits me. To be really shits fair, me. like when I sold all those slots, I honestly thought, I'm like, who's going to fill them out? Like, yeah, <laughs> I've still got tons <laughs> of like open too. slots. But when you told me like, I don't have enough room, I'm like, what? But you've shown yeah. me the detail and <laughs> it's like, it's a very detailed basketball court. So yeah, like every like little curve and every little like edge and framing and everything. I can understand why it yeah, takes right. up yeah, a lot of slots. <laughs> Have you dabbled in the customization space at all with it, Rog? Have you started putting like doing some custom shirt designs? You put a button mash logo on it, and you're repping repping the brand out on the island. What have you oh, done much you there? You know that's the first thing I did. <laughs> of nice. course, I have a button mash T-shirt and a button mash uh, phone case. Of course. Oh, nice. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes, a little bit. Um, I did play around with it, but oh my god, I, I went to someone else's island uh, yesterday. And there's some crazy stuff out there. It's insane. People are so creative. Yeah. I just feel dumb. <laughs> I, I feel my- a bit that way too. Like Rach, my much better half, she's got a real good eye for it as well. And like just the way she's got it laid out and there's just thought to it and it's all pretty and it's all meant to be where it's meant to be, where I feel some of the stuff of mine's just thrown there eclectically and I'm just trying to make it work. So just being able to visualize the island as a whole is killing me. <laughs> But I made a little pizza restaurant. I made a little gym area yesterday. I've sort of fenced off my park. I've got a little Zen garden slash pseudo cemetery, which is kind of weird when uh. you think of it like that too. So <laughs> I've sort of just started filling out things across dead. the island. <clears throat> it's very peaceful. And and those like Zen tombstones, they've, they've got to be tombstones, right? The the Zen rock or whatever they call them that I you mean, can buy it from looks, Tom Nook. It looks like it. It looks like a tombstone. Yeah, so but... Got that going. Love and life. It is just the time sink to end all time sinks. And with, with the corona, obviously, still got its claws very stuck into everybody. It's it's nice to just get lost in this island life and, and just fluff around for hours where you, you don't even really achieve a huge amount, but it feels like you do. Like when I finally got that T-Rex skeleton laid down, I'm like, oh, my God, I can I can retire from life right you now. You did that happy so <laughs> early, though. You did that so early. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, so that's been my prized possession for quite a while. Um, got a nice little kitchen. Got my little bidet in there. I, I need in the kitchen. Wish you could yes. put <laughs> the kitchen. Oh, it's one of the same. You know, getting getting dirty, getting clean, same thing. Um, but yeah, I'm loving it. I'm loving it. Loving it. So, Miss Hart, I see something you've been playing here, yeah. uh, which we talked about in depth last week and yeah. i didn't expect to see this on on your hit list here you've been playing some resident evil 3 remake yeah so i share a steam account with someone who bought it so i was like well it's no loss to me i'll just give it a go it's impressive graphically um i and like i mentioned last week i've never played this i never played the original so this was very very new to me I don't like at the start how much it's like play and then stop for a video or stop for like a a story progression. It really bothered me (laughs) that I kept on stopping, but I've been reassured that that changes further on. Like it doesn't happen so much. Mm -hmm. Um, But um, I, I got stuck Um, very early on. I got stuck uh, when, you know, you're given the task to, you know, turn on the power or whatever. I looped the entire city block 20 times because the fire down that alleyway with the uh, fire hydrant, I'm like, it says I need a tool to access it. I, I picked up everything. I killed every zombie. I shot every damn little box that you can get more items from. 
I did so many goddamn loops and I did not <laughs> understand why I couldn't find what I was thinking was like a wrench because you'd obviously have to wrench the <laughs> fire You're hydrant. You're looking for a big old hose. I had that hose. I had that hose pretty early on, actually. Oh, no. And, but in my mind, my brain goes, well, you need a tool to actually turn on, like, you know, to access the fire hydrant. So um, I spent what probably was, like, half an hour running loops, just not figuring. I'm like, where am I getting this wrong? What am I missing? So I have yet to jump back in now that I've been informed that the thing that I found at the start was actually <laughs> how you use the fire hydrant. So I was being oh. a bit too literal with, like, my gameplay. So How far into the game is not that? I'm not too familiar with it. <laughs> it's not far. It's like the first it's not I feel like I would do this. Minutes. It's something I would do as well. So I'm like... Yeah, I can't. It, I don't want to. It's so bad. Like I like, my brain was like working overtime because I just didn't understand. I'm like, I either need like a chain, like something to break chains because there's like two sets of chains that I ran into, um, or all those items where it's like, um, with a lock on it, the same damn lock. I'm like, mm-hmm. is that got to do with something? I was shooting the locks and stuff, and I'm just like, I don't understand why I'm not progressing. Why can't I find whatever it is that I need to find to move forward? So I feel like a bit of a dick, but then I also feel like it's not technically my fault as well. The the franchise has never explained much to you as far as puzzle solving goes and things like that. Mm-hmm. So I feel you. I I. I was lucky, I guess, because in the demo, that's that's the area you, you're running. Like it's sort of fast forward you straight to that part where you've got to try and put out this fire to, to progress the story. So I had an idea already when I started the full the full run through down. But yeah, it's, it's intense, like trying to work out where it is. Like there's never a clue where it's like, oh, it was, you know, this item you're looking for is in this building or whatever. Like it's always, you're just running, exploring and opening doors and hoping for the best. And yeah, like finding the hose, really opens up the story off that obviously but um i feel you because it's it's a good area to cover and there's a lot of buildings to look into there and then a lot of rooms and a lot of subsequent enemies attached i killed I, it got to a stage where every zombie was dead and i was just hanging out in the streets by myself with just a bunch of dead corpses around like carrying all these like herbs and like gunpowder i had so much ammo because like i'm just like hanging out like not knowing what to do i'm like this is not a good first impression of this game it's so good so it's so good to i, go I employed it to keep pushing through and, and now knowing that you've at least got the fire hose so you know what you've got and where you need to go to to open up this next path because just after this you know it gets pretty spicy so i'm not going to say anything more than that but yeah i want to get your opinions on, on what happens next okay. because um you, you're feeling like bit of bit of rambo right now i guess you got all the all the guns and the fire power in the universe got but a bloody crystal let's see what i don't even know what that's hours. for <laughs> it's like okay i've got Roger, a hose you, and a crystal um, yeah are you re man do you play much resident evil is this on your on your kill list no i've i've become a very much a a fun hunter where if i'm not having fun i'll stay away from the game and resident evil just stresses me out I played the demo of Resident Evil 2 remake last year when when that came out and I was like not about that. I like having fun with um not having to think about how much ammo I have. I just want to shoot things without having to manage my inventory in those games. So yeah, I I, fin- I finished um 
The Evil Within last year Ooh. for the first time, the original one. And I was Great like, game. That, that reminded me of why I don't like those games. <laughs> it's just <laughs> too stressful. I get that. Like, and obviously hearing what I just said isn't going to win you over. Oh, no. <laughs> Not at yeah. all. I guess, I guess the only you. thing I could say in that regard is, is potentially um, because if if that usual flavor isn't isn't your cup of tea, you could start with the assisted mode, as they call it. So you start with an assault rifle, you get more ammo, enemies are slightly weaker. So you can still get the experience and get the jump scares and the heart rate going, but feel a little bit more in control and less helpless. Okay. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, and you can you can either start the game like that, or you, as as you play, and if you die a few times in a row or in rapid succession, the game actually says, "Hey, would you like to switch to this assisted mode because Aww. you're kind of shit right now." Here's you know here's a carrot. Come on. <laughs> Nothing like when a game calls you out on your bullshit. Damn. Oh, it hurts. Trust me. Like um, I copped that part way through with with the part I got stuck at, and yeah, it just just punches you right in the soul. <laughs> like you question your gaming ability where you're like, God damn it, Capcom, leave me alone. I love it when it goes the other way though. Oh, yeah. Good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, persist through because uh, I want to I wanna get your take on some of the interactions with the Nemesis and, and some, some future progress in the game. So, But I'm, I'm equal parts excited and impressed that you jumped in on this and um, you jumped in so quickly after my glowing reviews. Give uh, the episode prior to this a listen for some good feedback because maybe we'll do a, a deep dive sort of spoilery cast episode like we did with animal crossing on this in the next few weeks once you hopefully finish it and yeah see the see the future for jill yeah all right so one other quick thing i watched a movie this past weekend called guns akimbo have you guys heard of this do you know yes. of it i'm very curious i want to know is it good because yes it me too it ticks a lot of boxes but you're wary i think it's worth a watch yeah. like um it's crazy, zany, over the top. It's got Daniel Radcliffe and Samara Weaving as the two to two leads in this in this movie itself. And and what it's about is it's sort of set in in current day reality, but there's this upstart that's that's occurred called Schism, and it's like a a one v one real life death match thing that gets streamed online akin to a Twitch. So it's it's you know one person wins obviously and the other person loses by way of death so it's it's actually legit like it's real murder that gets broadcast on the internet and just the way that it's so aware of i guess the streaming culture is something i really love like they cut to a lot of people watching it and just the way they're reacting or you see like the live chat coming in and it's it's the shit you see in the in the bowels of the of the internet you know the the mouth breathers and and the real trash talkers and whatever else and the trolls and and it's kind of really cool how aware and how much it nails that sort of side of the the streaming culture. It's really, really coolly shot. Like it almost feels like you're watching a video game play out. Like the camera angles are real zany and they're sort of often sort of flipping and rotating the shot. Uh, big bursts of neon. Um, Daniel Radcliffe, like the the story or the premise in itself is he's a he's a software designer at a video game company. You know, very much dead end job, bit of a loser of a dude. Samara Weaving is Nix, who is sort of almost the lead dog in this schism and she's been killing everybody. Um, so she's sort of a fan favorite anti-hero. And he, he, outside of work, jumps online and just trolls people on the internet. And he jumped on schism and started trolling. Oh, you know, you guys are shit. This sucks. Da, 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 da. And so the, the, the head of schism and, and his cronies rock up to his house, knock him out and he gets woke and he wakes up 
and um, his hands have two guns bolted to them. So they've like screwed them through and his fingers are all molded to the grip. So he can't get them off. Like they're attached to his hands permanently. And he's got, I think 50 bullets in each of the guns. And he's just trying to navigate not only normal life, but he's also then been thrown into this game where it's like, okay, you've got to kill Nick's to survive. And if she kills you, she gets her, her freedom or out of this game allegedly. So it's this weird cat and mouse where she's this seasoned killer. He's this newbie troll from the internet with two guns. And he's like, just the little things like seeing him try to get dressed, try to do things, try to navigate his phone when he's got no hands really. So it's like, yeah, guns strapped to his strapped to his hands, you know, bolts and screws tying it all together. But it's just good, crazy fun. It's about 90 minutes and it just doesn't sort of take its foot off the accelerator the entire time. It's just blood, viscera, cool Cool sort of shots, really bright neon splashes here and there. You know, just the way it's all shot, it feels like you're you're watching a professional stream slash a, a video game on on the screen. Really good fun, and yeah, yeah. Daniel Radcliffe, old Harry Potter, and Samara Weaving, who has become probably the queen of a violent film and sort of horror and thriller and suspense these days, uh, really nail it. They fully commit to these roles they're playing, and it's it's cool to see how it plays out. I have to put it on my never-ending list of movies I have to watch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, good, good, dumb fun, good, dumb fun. So, um, I guess if we shift gears, quick little bit of housekeeping. Obviously, 8bit.net uh, is your central hub for all things related to 8bit. But if you want to go directly to the web store, shop 8bit.net, um, and also uh, patreon.com forward slash we are 8bit. If you want to get behind us monetarily, if you cannot, do not worry. Obviously. Rating, reviewing, and subscribing to us on your podcast hosting platform of choice is the best way to give us direct and immediate support because those ratings and reviews help keep the emotional lights on in our hearts. Once you're done with rating, rating and reviewing us, be sure to obviously do the same to every podcast in the hashtag 8 Collective or just the podcast you're listening to on the regular sort of listening cycle you've got. And uh, while you're there, obviously head on over to buttonmashpod.com get to the direct links to their iTunes, to their Spotify, to their Stitcher, to every other podcast player and preference of your choice. And be sure to rate, review, subscribe. Roger and Chris over there because they are good dudes releasing good content, climbing to 100 episodes. I'm very excited to see what you got going on for episode 100. Can you uh, share any spoilers? I know we're a few episodes away, but have you got anything uh, well, you can let us know about what you got planned? To be honest, it's uh, we haven't really talked about it until you were on the show, so we're still planning on live streaming us dressed up as characters from the games that we came up with <laughs> when you were on. Oh, I can't wait. We'll see how that pans out now that uh, we probably won't be able to see each other in person yeah. so that'll be interesting <laughs> just um if you can work out how zoom works properly maybe use that platform because our uh, full disclosure we tried to get that working this morning no dice uh next week maybe we'll have that working well but uh for now we're still kicking it on hangouts but yeah that's about all the housekeeping let's move into this week's news headlines All right, we've got a little bit of this and that going on uh, this week again, and um, I'm going to go ladies first rule for this first one. And uh, this headline reads, Streaming Platform Discusses Nudity. So uh, maybe a bit of of boobies, a bit of bum, a bit of doodle talk there. Or that. (laughs) And I've broken Ellie. Island Game with Animals now banned in the East. So we go on this or we go on that? Let's talk about doodles. Okay. All right. They are, you know, it comes in an assortment of sizes, colors, shapes, and uh, ferocities. Um, you know, most males have them. They are great. They allow you to direct your weeing. 
whichever <laughs> angle you were holding said doodle. But anyway, let's move into this article. It comes via way of Tom Phillips at Eurogamer. Twitch wants to be more transparent in its rules for nudity and clothing to make sure you do not wear transparent clothing on camera. A little bit of wordplay there, Tom. I like that. The streaming service this week has laid out a detailed update to its nudity and attire policy to clear up the variety of situations where the rules clearly needed further explanation. In a nutshell, Twitch has got a lot more specific in what is allowed and what is not. Previous guidance largely amounted to wear what is appropriate for being in public. So the general rule remains the same. Uh, remains the same. There should be no nudity, not fully or partially, and absolutely no genitals or buttocks. But there's also some new specifics. No outline of genitals should be seen even if covered, and they should be covered. The whole area, in quotes, extending from your hips to the bottom of your pelvis and buttocks, Twitch has clarified. This means opaque material, no partially see-through stuff. Breasts, for those who present as women, we ask that you cover your nipples. What Twitch defines as exposed underbust is not permitted either, though cleavage is unrestricted as long as those as these coverage requirements are met. Cosplay and digital filters slash avatars must follow all the same rules. There are no exceptions except for educational purposes or nude art drawing. There are exceptions to upper body requirements for those who are actively breastfeeding and those who are applying body art or if you are streaming at the beach, in brackets, though those who present as women must still cover nipples. So now you know. Hmm. So... Obviously, this has been a very divisive topic for a while. A lady most recently got banned for breastfeeding on Twitch probably around middle of last year. And then obviously you get the whole hullabaloo on the back of this about booby streamers stealing views, which is always the funniest thing. And it looks like, you know, that cleavage is still allowed and rightfully so. Uh, Miss Hart, what do, you got, uh, what do you got to add to this? Now Twitch, I guess, has clarified things ever so slightly, you'd say, right? Yeah. I mean... But for the most part, it seems relatively clear, but I, they have to always like adjust the rules because for every rule they make, there's a person that tries to push the line on what they can get away with. I mean, it's no, you know, it's no mystery that there are people out there that try to, you know, take advantage of like how they can present themselves in order to gain, you know, money or, uh, followers, subscribers, whatever. So everyone's always trying to push the limits on what they can get away with. The whole titty streamer thing is a bit, you know, stupid because, I mean, females, what are you going to do? Um, they're there. They, you know, like it or leave it. But the, uh, the opaque material, partial see-through, also the exposure of buttocks, um, that's obviously needed to call for because obviously people are trying to get away with it and showing a little bit more than they should. So mm-hmm. cover them nips. I'm curious, are boys allowed to show their nipples? They only specifically said women. Yeah, I don't think it got clarified on there and I sort of did a little dig around on that and it doesn't really get addressed. So I think a shirtless male is still fine for now. Okay. Which obviously is another another sort of discussion that, that could be brought up and, and probably infuriate some of the people out there where it's, you know, good for good for one group and not for the other as far as these rules they need to adhere to. Mm-hmm. Roger, have you encountered any of these in your streaming career? Have you had, had a couple of sort of potential bands where maybe you, you had a little bit too much buttock showing when you were when you were streaming <laughs> some Elder Scrolls online or oh, anything you've sort of copped there? No, not really. Not not personally, no. But I, I think it's a, a pretty interesting topic i did look into it a little bit myself as well and there's a streamer who does um 
uh weightlifting on stream and he doesn't wear a shirt and it's completely fine um apparently but i i, I kind of get it it's just it definitely needed to to be addressed because um there, there's another one that was a bit more recent uh than the one with the breastfeeding where she was doing uh body painting and mm. she's been doing it for a while and then out of nowhere she got banned and she was like i was i thought i was following the rules i had my nipples covered and like i'm just doing like yeah. art stuff um and she got banned so yeah I, I it's one of those things like like you said if it's um every time you come up with a rule there's going to be someone who comes up with a way around it or something mm-hmm. but at the same time it definitely needed some more clarity because it's just one of those things where it's like you think you're doing the right thing but then because they're not specific they can go oh hang on this doesn't look right but hey there's nothing that says you know specifically you're not allowed to do this so hey i'm just gonna ban you kind of thing yeah so. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a tough place to be. Like the vast majority of streamers, you know, they're not there to try and skirt the rules. They are just there to make content and whatever else. But there is a few people on, you know, on, on, from both sexes uh, where they maybe do dance along what is right and what is wrong just to try and maybe create controversy or talking points or maybe maybe it's going to generate more more interest and more eyes on their content so it's it's nice that there is a little bit of clarity and clarification but yeah as, as you were saying roger i saw just this morning one a body paint streamer actually copped a ban and and she was adhering to all the all the requirements made sure she had sort of the nipples taped up and everything else but no she still copped copped a ban this morning and i saw a few other uh, body paint artists jump on and sort of say oh we don't do the tape we use like almost like a a suction or stuck on bra to sort of fully alleviate it so it's almost semi-covering but still allowing you to you know apply the paints and things so there is still some info there to be interpreted and, and clarified i think from twitch but at least i guess they're trying to, to do something and sort of say here's some regulations here's a little bit more data and details as far as what's good what's not good because yeah, where there's a will, there's a way, and, and people like to operate in the grey. So, um, yeah, it's probably not going to be the last time we see someone getting banned for, for doing anything sexually suggestive or showing a little bit more than, than what they're allowed to do. So, uh, yeah, at least Twitch is doing something because often they sit on their hands and just, just let it play out. So mm. we'll see. All right, Roger, I've got a bit of this or that for you. So uh, the, this headline reads, Survival Horror Franchise's next entry will have some big changes. Or that new streaming platform goes free. You got this or you got that? Let's go with this. I was secretly hoping you were going to take this. Um, So this comes by way of Shannon Grixty over Press Start. And uh, they're talking about just about one of my favorite franchises of all time. Maybe Ali's new favorite franchise now she's uh, (laughs) digging through Resident Evil 3. It's been leaked galore for the last few Resident Evil games and it looks to be the same for Resident Evil 8. According to Biohazard Declassified, the game will apparently be known as Resident Evil Village, as in V-I-I-I for 8. So a little bit of wordplay there, and it falls in line with how the box art was for Resident Evil 7. The game will apparently release in early 2021, which would make sense given the last three Resident Evil games have all released in Q1 year after year, and will take place in Europe. Unlike Resident Evil 2 and 3 remakes, the game will be first person, similar to Resident Evil 7. The game will be a departure from the series featuring a witch that stalks the player. It's also set to focus on hallucinations and other supernatural beings. The story is set to feature Chris Redfield and in terms of the inventory, it's set to be closer to that of Resident Evil 4, 
so you can fit more in your inventory. These leaks have also been corroborated by Dust Golem, who leaked several details about Resident Evil 2 and Resident Evil 3 before they were announced. Information about Resident Evil 8 also started leaking earlier in the year. Information came out that the game would have a clever name and it would also be set in a village. Both of these things definitely match up with what is being reported now. Speaking of, that is cutting-edge reporting right there. I love that there's leaks that would feature a clever name and a village. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we got Resident Evil 8 or Resident Evil Village uh, apparently under construction due to arrive, I'm assuming, Q1 of uh, 2021. Bit of a change in the series. I, I played Resident Evil 7. Did you guys try it at all, Roger? I know you've sort of said, nah, like this sort of type <laughs> of game isn't for me, but I thought I'd throw it out there because it is a little bit of a different sort of flavor for Resident Evil. I, I tried. I tried. I played the demo and I was like, man, I like it's it's horror is one of those genres where I'm like, I wish I enjoyed it. So I keep trying, <laughs> but I just it I just can't. Aww. Just can't. I can't believe like I don't know if you're one of those people, one of those crazy people who have played Resident Evil 7 in VR and finished it. You have. I have. I have and it was um madness. It was terrifying. It's <laughs> overall probably one of the scariest experiences i've ever had in video games or even just like media like if we're talking watching scary movies and stuff like it was it was next level like it's perfection that that game for the horror space and, and especially for resident oh evil God. 7 in vr like everyone's talking about oh half-life alex is is the game that's truly showing triple a can exist on virtual reality i'm like motherfucker resident evil 7 showed this like three years back like where were you guys <laughs> uh, when this game was doing the rounds so um yeah, I'm all about this. I like that Chris is back. The the witch that stalks the player just feels like maybe they're going to take a little bit of sort of the, the nemesis sort of nods there with, with RE3 uh, and have this this sort of freaky witch person coming at you. The, the hallucinations and supernatural things interesting because they sort of started leaning towards that a little bit with Resident Evil 7 anyway with, with the, the crazy family out in the, the backwaters of America. Mm. Um, but... I cannot wait for this, and I know I'm going to be shitting my pants from probably the opening credits to the closing. Miss Hart, what about you? You going to get in on this? I'm actually excited to see that they're really um, hanging on to that supernatural element because when they first um, launched some like content and playable content, from what I remember, of um, Resident Evil 7, that little start part where you're a part of the news crew walking through the house, the thing that I loved, and by the way, too chicken shit to play that game, um... But the thing that I loved was that people were like, wait, there's like hidden ghosts in the background. Like, did you see the ghost at the stairs? Did you see the ghost in the window? And I'm like, this is the shit that I love to be scared by. But then I feel like it kind of like when you played the game, it kind of put that away. Like it wasn't such a main focus. So if they do focus on that in this, um, in Resident Evil 8, that'd be pretty cool. I like, I love that shit. Yeah, I, I can't wait for it. There, there's going to be people sobbing around the world playing this game, especially if they do bring it into VR, which which makes sense. Like they're, they're going to be using the same game engine from from 7 and from RE2 and RE3. Uh, so so they know what the technology and, and the power of, of VR will do. And, and that was just on PSVR. It could run very, very decently on that. So imagine running that on like a full-fledged Vive or a Rift. Yeah. So I cannot wait to be running around freaky-ass Europe. You know, you just think of like the gothic gothic sort of cityscapes and things like that with witches and supernatural shit coming at you. Like, oh my mm. goodness gracious, it's going to be something. Yeah. But Rog, give it a go. Get back in on Resident Evil 7 and, and see if you can push through. Get in on it VR because it is 
nothing scarier. Nothing scarier in video gaming than that experience, to be honest. That's what puts me off. <laughs> <laughs> Don't I'll do try. it. I'll try just for you. Just oh man, I'd, I'll even send you down my PSVR if you, if you need one. If you don't have, I've, it. yeah, I've I've got one. It's just I can't. I, I haven't even tried it. I like I just playing on a normal TV. I was already shit scared. Yeah. Um, so in VR, I can only imagine how crazy it would be. Oh, it's it's something related but unrelated. Head on over to our YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash rear eight bit, and check out the footage of our man Salim the Dream Abraham playing resident evil 7 and watch that video uh because in there there was parts where i genuinely thought sam was going to die like in real life like i thought he was having a legit heart attack uh we let the cameras keep rolling and he was keeled over obviously holding his chest and everything (laughs) and just from the fear and the anxiety and the suffocation of this game like it's amazing and you can sort of experience the game through through the dream and see (laughs) see where he nearly dies so uh yeah, Jeez. that's certainly something to check out. YouTube.com forward slash we8bit. Yeah, but play the game. Give it a go. We had someone that nearly died, but hey, Rod, you play it. <laughs> yeah, awesome. will be fine. Brendan trying to kill me over here. <laughs> yeah, who, who doesn't want that on like that? You know how you see the adverts pop up and it's like 10 out of 10 or you know game of the century or whatever little sort of um, comments that they put on the reviews. Imagine that, like this game nearly killed us. Like, you know, if <laughs> that doesn't sort of speak guy. well for a horror game, I don't know what does. Hmm. Jeez. All right, so we're moving on to the next this or that. And this, Twitch records broken by game that isn't even released or that. Everything announced at this week's Inside Xbox. And I'm going to take hold of this one and I'm going to go with this. And this comes by way of Rebecca Valentine at gamesindustry.biz. Riot Games' upcoming tactical hero shooter, Valorant, isn't out yet, but it's already approaching and even breaking some Twitch viewership records. According to Twitch and reported by The Verge, Valorant broke the single-day hours watch record in a single game category yesterday with 34 million hours watched. It also reached 1.7 million concurrent viewers, which is currently the record for total concurrent viewers held by both the League of Legends World Championships and Fortnite's The End Event. Though Valorant isn't even out yet, a number of popular content creators have received early closed beta access and began streaming the title earlier this week. While a Twitch partnership gave viewers specific uh, watching specific streams of the game a chance to receive a key themselves. Valorant is set to launch this summer, while a slate of other upcoming titles such as League of Legends, Runeterra, and Wild Rift are also planned for some time later this year. So this game, you know, Miss Hart and I have talked about this here and there over the last probably month or so. This game does nothing for me. Like, <laughs> nothing. Nothing. Zero. Negative even. Let's go negative two. Oh. Um, it just looks like CSGO and Overwatch had a baby and the baby's very ugly and <laughs> wow, not the best. Like that's, that's my opinion of this in a nutshell. Like, and, and like, I'm not a big CS fan. I don't really get it. I'm not very good at it. So maybe that's maybe why I'm not so, so positive towards that franchise, but yeah, it just doesn't do anything for me. And does the world need another hero based shooter right now? I'd say no, Rog, what do you say about this? I agree. I've I've been slowly stepping away from the the sort of PvP scene. Um, I enjoy much more playing PvE stuff. Hence, ESO has been taking over my life for the past year or so. So yeah, I'm very similar. I looked at, it, I was like, yeah, okay, but same as you. Like, I don't think we need another hero shooter. Um, 
And uh, nah, d- definitely not for me. I haven't even watched it. I-, I watched little bits of it, and I was like, "Cool, it's just another one of those games." Like, whatever. Mm. Very whatever about it. Miss Hart, it looks like you got something to say. I want to play it. It looks cool. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are shitting on it. I'm like, I kind of want to play it. I want to give it a go. Um, it does look like. Uh, CSGO and Overwatch um, but you know I don't really appreciate you insulting someone's child without getting to know it, Brendan um, <laughs> it pissed on the floor um, maybe it's beautiful on the inside yeah that's yeah. true it has a great personality <laughs> but I'm gonna shit on this article a little bit because in, or, in order to get like a code or access to the closed beta they encouraged you to watch certain streamers um, so I know I just left a stream on, um, to see if I could get a code. And I left that stream on for like a solid five hours, hoping that I'd get a drop and I didn't. Um, uh, I saw someone else say on Twitter that they left their stream on for 14 hours and they finally Jesus. got a code. Jesus. So, um, there's also been, uh, reports of people just throwing bots in a bunch of streams so that they could get codes and then sell them. Um, wow. and there was actually um, Riot had to like kind of say like, hey, don't buy um, codes, beta codes, because we are like we're shutting them down. We're blocking the people. We're, you know, closing off those accounts where they've accessed the code through botting. Uh, so, yeah, the, these numbers are impressive. But when you're holding some kind of exclusive like just keep watching, you might get a code. I mean, everyone's probably doing the same thing and just filling up those streams just so they can get a code they might not be watching they're probably just you know hanging out yeah so they're sort of hollow records they're holding now this game because yeah probably a a good percentage of the people that were that were viewing um (laughs) this this game in those 34 million million hours that were watched yeah they were probably off making breakfast yeah i was i was playing animal crossing (laughs) 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 priorities but yeah, it's, it's interesting. Like obviously Riot have a huge name. They're one of the biggest developers and publishers in, in the, the gaming space today. So obviously it's going to get immediate eyes on this product. Will it be successful? These numbers lead towards maybe it will. But yeah, you take that with a grain of salt based off the bots and the people just hanging out waiting for a drop. We'll see what happens when this game comes out later this year. Mm. Uh, will it find its place? Will it become something of its own sort of... Uh, own um you know shooter that that can stand uh up there with with the overwatches and and you know the, the rainbow sixes and the cs goes will it will it create enough of a fan base to to survive i don't know like you see a lot of these shooters come and go very quickly whether they be battle royale games whether they be sort of uh hero shooter styles so it's it's interesting but does nothing for me I know a lot of shooter friends that we've got on on the socials are keen for it, and they've been queuing for queuing for for drops or or got in. Um, you know, Alex Van Aken from um, OK Beast got a copy, and he's he's one of the probably best shooter players that I know in our social circle, and and he seems to be pretty hyped on it. So no, maybe it's not as bad as I'm, I'm painting it to be. Maybe the baby just a little looked a little bit ugly in that light. Maybe maybe it was sort of you know halogens. We needed some white fluoros to sort of show this baby in, it, in its beauty as opposed to the dirty old sort of yellow lights you get from the traditional halogen bulbs. So yeah, maybe there's maybe there's some hope for Valorant yet, but um, we'll see. We'll see more as, as sort of the feedback starts rolling in on people playing. 
But let's shift into the main course of this episode. And um, this is all about the PlayStation 5's controller, the DualSense, which has been revealed this past week. This article, it's a bit of a longer one, but it's coming via Adam Bankhurst over at IGN. And uh, announced on the PlayStation blog, the DualSense will keep much of what gamers love about DualShock 4 intact, while also adding new functionality and refining the design. Touch was a big inspiration when designing the DualSense, and haptic feedback is one of the ways this new controller will help bring PlayStation 5 games to life. Sony mentioned that this feedback will add a variety of powerful sensations. Ooh, sounds pretty good, doesn't it? You'll feel when you play, such as the slow grittiness of driving a car through mud. Adaptive triggers have also been incorporated to L2 and R2 buttons, which will help players feel the tension of your actions, like when drawing a bow to shoot an arrow. I think that's a nice little subtle nod there to Aloy in uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, if you don't mind me saying. Fitting these new features into a brand new controller was a challenge for the design team, and they worked closely with PlayStation's hardware engineers to make the controller somehow feel smaller than it would end up being. The angle of the hand triggers were changed and some subtle updates were made to the grip. They also gave thoughtful consideration into how to keep a strong battery life for the DualSense and wanted to ensure the weight of the controller did not get out of hand. One thing that will be missing from the DualSense is the share button that was featured on the DualShock 4. Sharing from the controller is not gone, but that previous button was replaced by the new Create button. Sony promises more details will be revealed on this change as we get closer to PlayStation 5's launch allegedly later this year. DualSense will also have a built-in microphone array that will allow players to easily chat with friends, even for those who don't own a headset. As for the controller's color, it's a bit of a non-traditional design as far as PlayStation is concerned. Usually PlayStation controls have a single color, but the DualSense has a two-tone design to make it stand apart. Additionally, the position of the light bar, which will be returning, was moved to give it an extra pop. Now the light bar sits on either side of the touchpad as opposed to the top of the controller. PlayStation went through several concepts and hundreds of mock-ups over the past last year, over the last few years, before their final design was reached, and it was tested on gamers with a wide variety of hand sizes to ensure maximum comfort for as many as possible. DualSense marks a, rap, a radical departure from the previous controller offerings and captures just how strongly we feel about making a generational leap with PS5. Jim Ryan, president and CEO of Sony Interactive Entertainment, said in a statement. The new controller, along with the many innovative features in PlayStation 5, will be transformative for games, continuing our mission at PlayStation to push the boundaries of play now and in the future. To the PlayStation community, I truly want to thank you for sharing this exciting journey with us as we head towards PS5's launch in holiday 2020. We look forward to sharing more information on PS5, including the console design, in the coming months. So this thing came out out of nowhere, just sort of snuck out in a morning this past week, like to no hype, just sort of leaked through the PlayStation blog. The internet is already running rampant with memes and, and funny sort of images of this controller. Roger, what do you think of this first and foremost? Do you like it? Do you get what they're trying to do here? How do you feel? I, the two-tone thing is, I, I don't know. It, it's one of those things where I, I don't like it right now, but then again, I didn't like the, the the design of the DualShock 4 when it was announced, but now I love it. Um, so I'm hoping the same thing happens here, but I, I've just, yeah, I just wish it was just the one color. Whether that's white or black, um, I think that the two tones just aren't doing it for me. I think it's, I'm not sure exactly what it is. I, yeah, I saw it and I saw everyone getting excited about it. And I was like, I don't like it. I want to like it. I want to be part of the zeitgeist, but. I don't like it. 
Yeah, the features on the other hand, I'm very excited about. The haptic feedback sounds very exciting to me. The, uh, what is it? The, the, the triggers as well. I've got some oh, sort the of... adaptive triggers? Yeah. So that part I'm very excited about. But the, uh, the design itself in, in terms of aesthetic, mm. not really. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm with you. What about you, Miss Hart? When, when you saw this thing, were you like, oh, yeah, that's nice. So you sort of just like, mm, I don't know what they're doing here. I was like, uh, welcome to the better controller design PlayStation. Thank you. Um, I always hated the PlayStation controller and how to hold it. And now it looks like they took a page from like Xbox and did that nice like curve for the handles. Like finally. So I, I will definitely be enjoying that. Although I don't like the idea of the microphone inbuilt into the controller and it's not because like all the stupid idiots that are like, oh, PlayStation Sony is going to be listening to you. Um, it's more for the fact like I'm like, we don't know how good that microphone is and I don't want to be stuck in a lobby with the person that's using that microphone because I don't think it's going to be great. It is- really won't be. Like <laughs> you think of the the standard throw-in mic that you get with the playstation 4s the audio quality on that thing was pretty crappy like yeah. comparatively to your turtle beaches your ats and whatever else the the main mainline peripheral companies that make quality headsets usually the baseline even you know think of remember the old xbox headset the the single oh, yeah. earpiece with the mic like you know that ain't that ain't some high quality kit there so mm-hmm. it's not going to be the best i like that it could be you jump on and like we see each other and I'm like beyond in a minute just grabbing some br- like grabbing a drink or whatever else and then you yeah. chuck your headset in and get get ready to roll so right. it's gonna be that person who's gonna be like oh sweet there's a microphone built in but meanwhile they're you know playing the playstation in the living room where the kids screaming someone else has got the radio or the tv is somewhere else and you're just gonna hear it all because you know they're not you know, maybe they don't really care about like quality and or having a great microphone. They don't care. They're just going to let it go so everyone else can hear everything that's happening in their house. So we'll certainly be seeing some pretty quick mutes, I think, in, in oh, lobbies. Yeah. You know, <laughs> oh, you just, you know, mute yeah. your party, mute the players, mute them all as quick as you can. Yeah. Um, and just like looking at the comparisons based on what PlayStation's offering, what Xbox is offering, I still think Xbox has got it with the dun- um, the dynamic latency input. That's, yeah. a, that's just a big deal to me. I don't really care about the adaptive triggers. Um, as a person that sucks at fishing on um, Animal Crossing because I'm just too trigger happy, I don't know how I'm going to feel like, you know, feeling like some resistance in my controller playing a game i don't know how i'm gonna feel about that i think it might be off-putting but i don't know won't know until i I guess i get my hands on it it depends on the game you're playing like i've got Mm. all that like you can obviously configure the sensitivities and things on like the elite controllers or the playstation 4 equivalents whether it be their own mainline stuff or the or the razor ones that they've done and things like that so i liked it that way if you are a little trigger happy you can sort of desensitize that that trigger a little bit to ensure that you're not misfiring or you're only shooting when you want to or you're only you know <laughs> doing what you what you need to in the game so yeah. i like that they are i guess getting more and more intelligent at the controller edge it's not just a set of joysticks and some buttons like there is real world feedback i i love even just the little light bar in it i think that's always been such a cool little touch on yeah. the playstation controllers um so having that sort of make this thing as a nice little feature piece and and incorporating a little speaker in in the the controls already always like where you could get sort of game specific things popping out of the controller to give you almost a little bit more 3d audio sort of functionality as you plan yeah i think that's really cool 
obviously one of the big things as far as the differences between the two controllers is there's internal battery on the PlayStation again where the, the Xbox has got the, the AA style, yeah. which is a little bit divisive. Like I don't care probably either way, to be honest, but I think overall like I've got a heap of rechargeable AA's that I just run on rotation for my Xbox controller and it's no issue. Um, and usually those batteries last well longer than a typical PlayStation 4 controller charge off the off the USB port there. So I got no issues with that. The create button, fair enough. That's the way the world's going. You know, everyone's everyone's uh, got the power to stream and create content at their fingertips. So it makes sense that they're doubling down and further going away from you know a start and select as as we've known for most of our childhood and adult lives. Mm-hmm. But it's cool to see. I'm I'm just wondering with this sort of black and white sort of um, two tone colorway, is this what we're gonna? This is what the 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 console itself is gonna look like, almost like a bloody spaceship. You know, like with these whites and blacks. Oh, I didn't think about that. Yeah. I'm really interested to see what it looks like. I, I suspect it's probably going to follow follow suit and uh, be a two-tone as well, which um, I don't know if it would bother me that much on the console itself, but we, we don't know what we'll be looking at. It could very well look like a spaceship. Mm. It sounds the PlayStation Four Pro sounds like a spaceship right yeah. now. So. Oh my god, it really does, doesn't it? It is so loud, so loud. But it's exciting that that we're actually getting to see something about this PlayStation Five because it's been radio silence for so long. Like Xbox have been very forthcoming with, here's a controller, here's the breakdown on the console, here's this, here's that, doing mm. interviews, doing doing sort of uh, tech breakdowns with with Digital Foundry and things. So it's nice to see. Sony now, I guess, getting on the bike and starting to pedal a little bit and saying, okay, here's the controller. We've got more information coming soon. Next thing's naturally going to be the console uh, announcement and then a bit more of a breakdown there. But yeah, the controller just, I like that it's bigger. I like it's beefier. I love a good heavy controller. That's And that's probably my biggest gripe between Sony to Xbox is the, the PlayStation 4 controller. It feels like in a fit of rage that I occasionally get into playing some of these shooters, I feel like I could twist and snap that controller very easily where the Xbox one, at least I'd have to work for it to try and break it. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to see what happens next when they do the, the next announcement. No doubt it's going to happen sooner rather than later because we are in April already. Uh, so PlayStation 5, maybe they're going to hold out and wait till they would have done that official launch around E3 time with their own digital conference. I don't know, but the controller, uh, two-tone, meh. Some of the features, awesome. Keen to see what happens next. Yeah. You guys buying this day one? Rog, I know you're predominantly like you're the PlayStation guy. Ali, as far as consoles, I'd say you'd probably lean slightly more Sony, would you say? Um, I guess I lean more on PlayStation um, due to what most of my friends have and also because I'm predominantly PC anyway. So having an Xbox just feels like a double. Um, So, yeah, I'd probably get the PlayStation. Day one purchases for both y'all? Probably. Yeah, most likely. (laughs) Yeah, I'm just curious to see what the price comes in at with the the current global climate. Obviously, Mm. manufacturing costs would be increasing. Our dollar... Well, it's, still, it's flattened out a little bit against the US dollar, but I really want to know what it's going to come in at in AUD for us uh, Aussie peasants. Obviously, over there in, in the US, Miss Hart, you got a little bit of a leg up. You'd probably save a little bit of money there alt- overall, but yeah, we're going to get stung. We're getting stung. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's uh, shift into this last part. Eh? Only two games coming out this upcoming week. Um, 
Someday you'll return on the PC on April 14th and Dead by Daylight making its way to mobile. So it's on iOS and Android coming out on April 16th. That's Uh, bizarre. (laughs) Which is insane. Like, um, is it going to be just a light version from what I can understand akin to like a PUBG mobile, something like that? That's from what I can gather Mm. as far as how they want to position this as. But yeah, that game's still hanging on. Uh, It's good to see. I've never really played much of it. I've got it on the PC and I think I've got it on the Xbox, but I think I've had one game total. I've um, never played it. Right. I know, Roger, you're the, the big horror horror fan here. You, you love getting scared and everything. <laughs> I'm assuming you're probably all about Dead by Daylight. You excited to be able to play it on the go on the phone? Oh, yeah, I can't wait. I've played one game on PC altogether and I've played maybe, uh, maybe a handful on, on PlayStation 4 because it was free on PS Plus at some point. And I bought it on PC recently to play with some friends and I, yeah, got one game in. I was like, cool, got my fix. I'm done. I'm moving on. <laughs> That's <laughs> enough for me. I'm going back to Elder Scrolls Online. <laughs> yep. Oh, well, there's worse, worse ways to uh, spend your time, that's for sure. But yeah, Dead by Daylight landing on mobile devices April 16th. So is there really any Dead by Daylight players out there? They're going to get it on the on the smartphone. Let us know how it goes. Um I'm not going to be paying because no doubt it's going to be a paid game. It might only be 10 bucks or something, but it's still going to probably have a cost attached to it. But yeah, it's available April 16th for iOS and Android users. Okay, and now moving into the very last part of this podcast. Tweet of the week. And this tweet comes via way of handle at Xbox P3. And for those that don't know who that is, that is my best friend from the internet, Phil Spencer. Love you, Phil. <laughs> And um, the tweet itself reads, Xbox Game Pass, and then a ton of Japanese characters. My Japanese is non-existent, so I had to uh, translate this. And what it translates to is Xbox Game Pass is going to be launched April 14th in Japan, uh, which for those that aren't sort of playing along at home is huge because Microsoft hasn't had much success in the Japanese market ever, really. It's been a very difficult sort of market for them to crack but it's something they've been focused on. They've been regularly trying to go back to to have some success. And now bringing in the Game Pass uh, to the Japanese uh, area is fantastic, mm-hmm. especially with this current client where no one's got, uh, you know, people have nowhere to go. So they can sit at home, pay their 1,100 yen, which roughly translates to around $10.11 USD per month. Uh, they can get in on Games Pass and it covers all the games that are currently existing on Games Pass. So there's no limitations there and obviously they've got the pc variation as well uh i think this is cool it's just a good little success story and it was also nice to see shuhei yoshida uh from from sony fame drop a little congratulations in there as well so it's nice to see sort of the warring cousins acknowledge one another's success and, mm. and sort of celebrate one another there so um miss hart what do you think about this that's good to, i get that they're getting involved i actually didn't know that they um had such a difficulty reaching into the Japanese space so I'm glad it's a forward step for Microsoft um, because I especially recently have been nothing but glowing reviews of Game Pass and the benefits of it so it's good to see that another market's going to get access to it and you know reap the rewards. It is the best service in the game space irrespective of of publisher I think or developer. Um, Roger what about you man you're gonna you, had any, you didn't have any plans to move over to Japan. If you do, at least you've got Games Pass to sort of tide you over for the next little while. Yeah, well, the, the, before before I saw this, I, I didn't even realize that it wasn't out in, in Japan. I thought it was a given because Xbox is available there, that it was a service available. So, um, yeah, it's crazy that it wasn't before this. But 
man, like I've talked about Game Pass before and people think that I'm sponsored by Microsoft. I 100% agree that it's the best service available in gaming at the moment. I just love the flexibility that it offers as well. I can sometimes go, cool, I want to play this game. I'll sign up for a month or three or whatever. And they always got deals on. Um, and then I'll quickly, as soon as I sign up, uh, cancel the uh, <laughs> the recurring subscription mm-hmm. um, so I don't have to think about it again and I'll jump back on a few months later it, uh, I think it's awesome yeah it's it's really great like over 100 games at your fingertips straight away and, and yeah it's been a service that's been around since 2017 so for it to finally hit the Japanese market three years later through no doubt much persistence from Phil and his team over at, at Microsoft there uh, it's good to see, and yeah, uh, Japan are currently in a in a sort of state of emergency due to COVID. So, yeah, they they pretty much can't really leave their suburbs at the moment. So everyone over there can jump on Games Pass and uh, enjoy a ton of games. Uh, most recently, obviously, Bleeding Edge uh, jumped on there for free as well. So any Microsoft exclusives are day one uh, available via Games Pass, and it saves you a bucket load of cash. And and as you heard from Roger, there you can be pretty cheeky and pretty clever in sort of working your way around the system just to to get a little taste um for that for that month of that game smash it out cancel it and when the next thing comes out of interest re-up it again download it on day one get into it and cancel it <laughs> as a person that accidentally like forgot that they were paying for it and just constantly paying for it month by month by month with just completely forgetting i agree that that's probably the safer way of doing it yeah I'll do it straight away. Like it's just automatic now because if I don't, I'll just forget it and I'm going to get charged and be like, damn it, that's $10 I could have used for whatever else. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, this has been the, uh, the main line, I guess you could say of the hungry gamers podcast episode 190. Um, random question. Are you guys doing, have you found a, a pleasant spike as far as your food deliveries at the moment? Are you do utilizing a lot of like Uber eats or, Miss Hart, DoorDash, or Menu Log for us over here. Are you guys big fans of, of sort of the, the food delivery services or are you you're braving, braving the wastelands out there and heading down to Coles or picking things up as you are and fighting over some toilet paper? <laughs> uh, well, uh, on my end, no. We're no deliveries whatsoever. Um, we are trying our best to limit um, going and doing a, like either a weekly or like t- t- every two weeks um, to hit a grocery store and we're actually only going to one over here that's called um, Trader Joe's because they're really really diligent about like letting only so many people in they've got all these like blinds marked on the ground to make sure that you're six foot from the next person they spray your hands with hand sanitizer when you walk in they spray your hands with hand sanitizer when they walk out they're constantly cleaning products and the shelves and everything so yeah if I'm going anywhere, I'm going there because I feel pretty damn safe. Mm. Yeah, nice. Um, for for us, it's uh, we we didn't really uh, get food delivered before this whole thing, but uh, now we're we're going nuts, and uh, I think every every company is putting more effort uh, into that because that's that's going to be how they make money now. And it, yeah, definitely been a, a bit of a spike, a hundred percent. It's it's much better than what I've experienced previously. Mm. one thing that i don't really want to say annoys me because it's just the way the world is right now but have you like i don't know if it's the same down your way roger but coles and woolies like they've canceled their home delivery services obviously they've probably got some things they need to iron out in the back end as far as quality control and, and ensuring cleanliness of the product that gets delivered but 
in this day and age, you think they'd ramp that up and have more delivery trucks on the road. So that's all wow. gone for now. So you actually do have to, at least up here in Queensland and my region, have to then go brave the Coles and the Woolworths. And it is fucking bedlam in there. Half the people don't give a shit. The other half yeah. are dressed almost in like a Hascam suit. So it's very uncomfortable. And touching anything freaks me out. Um, watching people, you know, looking for the best apple and they're rooting in up to their elbows, touching all the apples. And it's just like, well, I'm not having apples today. I'm going to get something else. Like, it's such a messed up, stressful time. It really is. It really is. I was there the other day. and The the panic buying is the worst. Like, obviously, the, mm. the essentials, your, your toilet paper, then that rippled through to paper towel, to cleaning wipes, to pastas, to pasta sauces. Now it's even moved to your flowers and stuff. So, like, you can't find any flour unless you want, like, poxy gluten-free flour. And ain't nobody willingly wanting that. So, um, you know, all the essentials are just done and dusted. And like, I get that colds and things like that, they've got, you know, the, the limit of two per person of most things. But I've actually sat and watched when I, when I was getting a coffee from a shop the other day, a person go in, buy their stuff and then like put their stuff aside. Their friend grabs it and then they've looped back in and done another shop. So they're just doing circuits. Some of these people just grabbing whatever oh, they wow. can. And, you know, we've only got two at this purchase, you know, meeting the requirement. But then, yeah, they go in, go out again. And, oh, my God, it kills me. Wow. Mm. I mean, that's it. Uh, you know what, this could be an open topic, but like any kind of like thing being put in place to like just reduce numbers of people, you know, being in the same area and as well as just like, you know, overbuying, anything is better than nothing right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's just people just thinking that the world's going to end tomorrow. So it's like, yep, we need to buy 1,700 packets of pasta just in case we need to start living underground for the next 12 months. So... But anyway, that's my random rant. Yeah, so this has been the end of the Hunger Gamers. Rog, anything you want to say? Do you want to give us some? Want to give us some uh, some more plugs? Where can we find you? Anything you got coming up? You want to bring bring to the table here as far as what to expect on future episodes, streaming schedules, so on and so forth, mate. The floor is yours. Beautiful. So yeah, as you mentioned, the the best place to find us is probably our website www.budmashpod.com. All the links are on there. Uh, so we release the podcast every Wednesday, um, and I stream on Twitch three times a week. It'll uh, usually be Tuesday, Friday, and then either Saturday or Sunday. But it's uh, it's been a lot of fun. Um, Chris and I talk obviously video games, news, and and what we've been playing, similar to to here on the podcast. And then uh, it's good to get the community involved on on Twitch as well uh, with chat and all that. So having a lot of fun over there, and uh, really appreciate you guys making time to have me on today. That's been a, a lot of fun. Mate, anytime, and it'll no doubt be not the last time we have you on here, unless uh, yeah the. The sort of doomsday preppers are right in thinking that we're all going to go, but um, if if we make it through the back end of this, which I believe we will, yeah, we'll get you on. We'll get you on in the future. We're excited to see what happens with episode 100 coming up in what would it be six weeks time thereabouts, seven yeah, weeks time. It'd yeah, be coming up yeah. quick. It's not. We're recording episode 94 after this. So. <laughs> oh, nice, nice. So cannot wait to see what you guys come up with there. But yeah, be sure to. Uh, Give them a follow on the, the podcast channels. Obviously, rate, review, subscribe, the guys, and then head on over to Twitch and give them a follow. And if you, if you can afford it too, chuck them a subscription because, uh, yeah, you said you're going to be recording episode 100 live on Twitch with some sexy costumes, hopefully. Touch wood. Yeah, we'll, we'll try our best. We'll, we'll try and make it work. Uh, if we have to do it remotely, it's going to be a bit of a challenge, but uh, we'll, we'll see what we can do. 
try and make you it happen this. as best we can. You got this. But yeah, buttonmashpod.com is the hub to find all things Roger and Chris over there. Uh, Miss Hart, anything you want to say before we uh, close this down for another week? Uh, yeah, head to our Discord. I'm going to actually start posting some Animal Crossing stuff. So you, so you guys have some context on what we're talking about. I'll be posting some stuff. I'm sure Brendan will be posting some stuff there too. So uh, drop on by our Discord, see what's going on. Yeah, direct link for that. If you go to uh, 8bitnation.net, there'll be direct link straight off that page there, uh, straight onto the Discord, and we'll set up maybe an Animal Crossing-specific section in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe get in there, drop drop some photos of, of your town, drop some photos of your house, show us how you're decorating them rooms, how you maybe not decorating them rooms, and just uh, maybe even get like a little you know Trader Joe's situation going on where we're like, hey, yeah. I've got extra mats for this. <laughs> Or I've got some product. Come come along and um, yeah, pick it up, and we'll get a little sort of barter system going on. So uh, yeah, yeah apnation for all the hub action for Discord, Facebook, Patreon, Web Store, all that cool stuff. But yeah, this has been episode one ninety of the Hunger Games podcast. Thanks to each and every one of you for stopping on by, giving us a listen, giving us a rating and subscription. Those things mean the world to us. But until next week, Apion Nation, we're back for episode one ninety one, the Hunger Games podcast. Much love. Stay hungry. You've been listening to The Hungry Gamers, one of many gaming and geek culture-related podcasts from the 8-Bit Collective over on 8bit.net. Check out more episodes on your podcast service of choice. And while you're there, please be sure to rate and subscribe. Until next time, boys and girls, stay hungry. Stay hungry.